Hey, good afternoon, Top Fans. It's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry with another clubhouse. I keep saying this, but it's another fresh face. It's another team that we haven't talked to. Of course, we're going to have to stay in the American League East, but we finally found somebody from this team that will talk. My new friend, John. John, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? It's good to be doing here. great. Thanks for joining the clubhouse with us today. Of course. Good to have Thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet. So, John, tell us, who's your team? I am a pretty diehard Tampa Bay Rays fan. Woo! We've had Yankees. We've had Orioles. We've had Red Sox. Now we finally find a Rays fan. I love it. Yes. So, John, tell me where that started. Well, so my family moved here in uh, in 2005. So, still when the Devil Rays existed. It was a, it was a horrible, despondent franchise. But all, all the excitement starts in the lead-up to the 08 season, just like everyone else, when the Rays become the Rays and not the Devil Rays, and when they go from worst to first and all that. The It's actually funny. There was a Dunkin' Donuts that opened down the road from me. Okay. And when it opened, they had Scott Casimir in there signing autographs. And this is this is like, like February 2008. So this is in the transition into the Rays and all that. And like that started my excitement. I wasn't, I wasn't a big sports guy. I wasn't a big Rays guy. And I had a baseball card and I got him to sign it and he signed a hat. And then from there, there, like it stuck with me. And then because it had just opened, it was a free donut for every single Rays win. Wow. And this is when the Rays, the Rays had come off another Devil Rays horrible sub 500 season. So they were anticipating what, 60, 70 wins at most. So the Rays go out that year. They win a bunch of games every, every day or every other day after school. You drive home, mom carpools with her with our friends. And we all get donuts through the drive through So like you associate those memories and just it sticks with you. Like that's what like core memories are built on as a kid. It's like weird things like that. So so I guess it all centers around Dunkin' Donuts. So what you're saying is Dunkin' Donuts partnered up with the Rays and a few dentist office there in Tampa and created a, a good plan. <laughs> that's awesome. all connected. That's awesome. Dunkin' Donuts made the Rays good. There you go. There you go. That is awesome. I have not heard that story. And that is fantastic. Normally, I hear stories about, hey, you know, my grandpa, or my dad started taking me to a game. I love the fact that it's around Dunkin Donuts. This is great. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely awesome. off the beaten path. My, my, my family's from South Florida. So my dad was a Braves fan before the Marlins existed. And then he was a Marlins fan before we moved here. My grandma's from Brooklyn. So she used to take her her little brothers to Dodgers games. They would go to Ebbets all the time. And somehow I end up rooting for the newest franchise in in baseball. So it's yeah. weird how things like that work out, you know? It's It works out that way. It works out that way. In fact, it's funny. Your grandma would probably appreciate this. Um, but the last time I was in Brooklyn, and that was a mistake, actually, the, the cabbies <laughs> or Uber and Lyft, the cabbie tried to rack up his fee and he took us to Brooklyn instead of downtown. But I found a sign that says, bring our Dodgers home. And I said, well, wait a second. That's they cool about that. Anymore. They're my Dodgers at right. LA. It's Brooklyn. So that's awesome. We actually run the same campaign here. Despite the Rays playing in St. Pete, we run bring the Rays home because we want them to play in actual Tampa. There's, like if you go and look too. at the Rays Instagram, if you go and look at the Rays Instagram, every other comment is that's awesome. Play in Tampa. <laughs> that's awesome. Play in Tampa. Awesome. Okay, so favorite player, past and present. doesn't have to be a Ray, but it can be. So favorite players, past and present. Well, so like like I said, I didn't – I wasn't like five watching baseball. I was yeah. eight, nine, ten, and I came up with the Rays, like when they were good. 
So Evan Longoria will always have a very, like very special place in my heart. He's, I associate, and David Price gets a large bit of this too, Joe Madden and the Delman Young trade tree basically. But Evan Longoria in my heart is like solely responsible for the turnaround of the race. And that's, that's just sentimental value. That's what I place on it. But just the excitement around the team, the excitement around town then, I feel like all bubbled around him. Yeah. So it was awesome. He was the first franchise guy. Like Carl Crawford was was awesome. And Carl Crawford was the face of the Devil Rays for a while. But Evan Longoria was the first face of the Tampa Bay Rays as 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 a separate entity. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he'll he'll always have a place in my heart. I'm so glad he's still around the league. And I know as a Dodgers fan, you probably disagree, but I hope he racks up some stats in uh in San Francisco this year and the year following. Because I, I want him in the Hall of Fame bad. Listen, I third third base is underrepresented. I I became an Evan Longoria fan in game 163. And you know exactly what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. that the the first time I went to the trough and I saw the little sign that says, you know, game 163 or whatever it does in the mm-hmm. field area right there. I first of all, I, when he hit that, I became an Evan fan. He plays it for the Giants now. I'm with you. I, I would love to see that guy in the Hall of Fame because he plays the game mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah. For some reason, when he comes to LA, it's it's not his team. He does it. Mm-hmm. So fine, he can hit 900 against everybody else as long as he continues to hit under 100 against. Yeah, us. right. Totally fine. No person, you know, I, I, that's fine. But he, I, I'm a fan. I got to tell you, I'm a fan. That's a good call. That's a very mm-hmm. very good call. David Price, I'm still out to lunch on. I mean, he hasn't showed much in, in LA. Um, you know, and and Joe he's Madden, still with y'all, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, it sounds like he's going to be in the starting rotation, which. Ooh. Well, that's until Dusty May gets back, right? Well, we'll see. I mean, or until they, they re-sign Kershaw. Well, they already re-signed Kershaw. That's done. Okay, so I'm I'm behind the eight ball. Yeah, no, no, no. It's fine. He's. I saw him pitch last season, and moving him to the bullpen and having him start games and kind of having bullpen games, I think hurt his psyche a little bit, but. As a player, I like him. I mean, he seems he seems decent. So you got some good calls there. Good very calls. Very passionate. There. Very passionate. I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's switch to the ballparks. Ballparks. Where have you been? Just so for major leagues, it is uh, as as far as I can remember, just the trap. I know I've been to Marlins Park when I was very young. Like I've been told that I don't remember it. The trap is the only professional stadium I've ever been to, so I don't really have a barometer on how bad the trop really is or how good it really is, depending on who you ask. Okay. But I've, I've been to a couple minor league stadiums because where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to the Tampa Tarpon Stadium. I've been to the Clearwater Threshers Stadium. I've been to the Flying Tigers Stadium out in Lakeland. And then recently I went to uh, Fenway South in Fort Myers where the uh, where the Red Sox were playing. And that that's a beautiful stadium. It's beautiful. And they, they have it set up like Fenway. They don't have a short porch, but they have a green monster. And it's, oh, it's, it's very nice. It's, it, you, it feels authentic. Like something about outside baseball. It, it feels more real than, than the trap. The trap does feel artificial, if I'm being honest. And I love the trap. I grew up at the trap. But it's not the same. No, it's not. Outside baseball is, to me, it's, you know, smelling the grass, smelling the, you know, seeing the helicopters fly over or whatever. It's just a different, different play. Playing under the lights too. If you oh, ever get bad. out here to LA, 
I'll take you up to Loyola Marymount University, which is up not too far from LAX. They actually have a green monster there. It's funny. Really? Yeah, it looks like awesome. it looks like you're in Fidway. They, their left field wall is like 20 feet high or 30 feet high. Um, mm. I, I had totally forgotten about that. And a friend of mine's kid was playing in a perfect game series up there. So I go up to L.A. Am I in Boston? I thought I was in L.A. What's going on? Right. So, you know. So with, with what you're saying about the green monster, I, I, I love like the trop isn't like the trop in most people's lists is a bottom three stadium. Right. But there's, there's iconic things about the trop that nothing else can do. And I love it because I grew up around it and I'm assuming you and everyone else hates it. like the fact that where you, which ring you hit off of determines what the ball is. If it's a dead ball, foul ball, home run. I bet that bothers everyone, but me, I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. And from a purist standpoint, I get why it's annoying, but there's like, there's a touch tank for the rays in the stadium. It just everything about the trot feels nostalgic to me. There's a big sculpture right by the main entrance where the team shop is of a guy falling out of the wall, catching a ball. It's just, all of it resonates with me. Perfect. But that's, that's also because I haven't seen anything else. Yes. Yes. But, but I also, I've been going there since I was eight. So I haven't yeah, gotten to experience anything that's like pure baseball i don't think yeah and and that's that's perfect for its fan base i mean and you're right if, if i were going to pick my my three stadiums that i probably have said i've been there except now you're selling me on it so i'm gonna have to come back i mean i like i said i got family in florida so i might have to make a trip out there this year and catch a game no, in a vacuum it's terrible it's, it's yeah. all sentimental value there and so i went there the yankees are playing uh a couple years ago i went there with my my aunt and a couple of cousins, um, aunt and uncle, a couple of cousins, and the Yankees are playing. And it was the last uh, series that Mariano Rivera was was going to be playing with oh, the wow. Yankees. And so he actually pitched the game that we were there, which was great. I mean, for historic value. Mm-hmm. But I remember Gardner being out in center field and a fly ball getting hit. And this was a day game, but it was a weird start. It wasn't like a 105. It was like a 305 or mm-hmm. like a really random start time. I think it was a, like a TV slot. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And and so fly ball to center field and Gardner goes running back on it. And he looks up and he just puts his hands up like, I can't yeah. see it. Because during that time of day up there with that white background at the trough, mm-hmm. you could lose balls. And I was telling oh, my for aunt, sure. I'm like, how did they see these balls? And then like, you know, 10 minutes later, that happens. Perfect. I lose them. I lose them every time. I, no matter where I sit, I lose foul balls and I duck. I, I just, I can't track it. And so the it's, it's a competitive advantage to be – I think even, it's weird that Gardner lost it because let's say that's 2018. Gardner's been playing at the Trop 20, 30 games a year for yeah. 10 years. You'd think of anybody, he'd know how to play the fly ball there. That's well, really odd. That's what I thought too, except for when I saw him go back, he he turned the wrong way first of all. Like his whole route was oh. bad. So it wasn't it wasn't the Trop. It was he his just, route. He just missed it off the bat and then couldn't recover. Yeah, it was his route and then it was the Trop you know, on top of that. Mm-hmm. Right. So awesome. Well, awesome, there's, awesome. There's, there's like documented cases of people hating the trop, like Willie Adamez. Yeah. Hated hitting in the trop. And if you look at the stats, why he's been so good in Milwaukee is because if you, if you ever looked at the home road splits, you could see it coming. He was abysmal in the trop and he was, he was a 300 hitter on the road. And you see that playing in a uh, crud. Is it Miller? Or the, were the yeah, uh, Miller Brewers Park. play? Miller Park. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, he's, he's an all-star there and 
you, you had to move him to make way for Wander Franco. But it's just there's some guys that just cannot play in the trap. I, I get that. I can't see the ball in the trap either. Listen, there are some players that are really good at at Minute Maid too, uh, but that has involved <laughs> trash cans and. Oh yeah, no, no <laughs> trash cans. You you think with all the D rings, we'd put some cameras down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be, I'd be dying on so many hills defending my team. There you go. That's, there you go. that's such a tough spot. All right, John. So here's what we got. Right. Okay. So we've said mm-hmm. the trap. You've got a month off, unlimited resources. Okay, mm-hmm. and you can only visit five ballparks that you haven't been to. What are your five ballparks? What's on your bucket list? Uh, so I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna go with the same two everyone says to start. That's Fenway and Wrigley, because okay. those are cathedrals of the sport. Just 100. There's there's no better answer than that. You have to sit. You have to sit in the bleachers at Wrigley. Mm-hmm. And I I would love to sit in the Green Monster, but there's an argument for the pesky pole too, or down at the short porch. There's just there's so many iconic places. Yeah. And then for the other three, it's tough because I want to go like. Chase Field is cool because it's got the pool and it's gimmicky, but it's not. It's not like significant. I, I think Minute Maid would be cool. I think sitting up by where the train is would be awesome, or sitting um, what's Crawford Bump? Is that what? The, yeah. No, they got rid of the center field bump. They got rid of the um, bump, but I know what you're talking about. That's brutal. Um, I think Minute Maid would be cool though. Definitely. I think Camden Yards is another cathedral of the sport. Camden Yards has been around forever. Yeah. And then just be, being on that street is awesome. It's, I would I would want to sit up where the ball goes out every single time and it bounces out the gates. And I'm torn. I mean, Yankee Stadium is not Yankee Stadium, right? It's new Yankee Stadium. It's not the same. It's still got the Yankees Hall of Fame. So that'd be one. That'd be awesome to see. But if I'm talking experiences and I've got unlimited resources, I would want to sit in like McCovey Cove in a kayak or. Okay. And or something like that, or go sit out in the bay, where uh, behind the Giants and catch catch a home run there, something like that. It's just I I would be chasing experience at that point, and to be able to say like I I was canoeing in uh, McCovey Cove when blah blah hit a home run. You know what I mean? That's what I would do. I would chase those experiences. I love it. I love it. Those are cool. Those are cool. I I've never been to Wrigley for a game. I've been outside of it. Mm-hmm. I've took the tour at Fenway. You can pay to take a tour, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to AT&T Park. But, you know, I haven't been in the McCovey Cove, but um, I've been to a game there. It's good times. Um, I will have to tell you that Chase Field, you know, no disrespect to Diamondbacks fans, but Chase mm-hmm. Field put that on the bottom of your list. Um, that really? is, yeah, that is very commercialized. It's the seats, the way that the seats sit and the angle that you're at with the seats, it's very commercialized. You're almost going there for a, almost like a Disneyland experience because mm-hmm. the, the D-backs haven't put up, you know, significant numbers in a while. So they've got to bring the experience in. And so mm-hmm. you have would, to, you have to go to the water bar. You have to right. swim in the pool. Yeah. So you got to do, you got to do stuff like that. If you're going to do it, you got to do mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I've been there, and I, w- I went there with a buddy of mine who grew up a block away from from uh, the old Yankee Stadium and grew up going to the mm-hmm. old Yankee Stadium. And he just said <laughs> – we sat down at our seats, and we were down for about 10 minutes, and, and he just doesn't hold punches. What is going on here? <laughs> yeah. No, and <laughs> He's I, a baseball I, player, I, so. as, as, as a trap defender, 
I, I feel that my girlfriend's family are from uh, the greater St. Louis area. So they're Bush stadium, they're Bush stadium people. And it, it's tough to, to defend the trop when you're going from Bush stadium, like right. you, you're a Dodgers fan. Their Dodger stadium is iconic. Sitting in the bleachers is iconic. Do, mm-hmm. Going from that to the trop is, is whether, whether I like it or not, whether I defend the trop or not is objectively a massive downgrade in experience and significance, you know? Yeah, it's, no, it's tough to defend what's going on in the trap when you go from like your buddy in old Yankee stadium. There's no, you can't, you can't retire and move from New York and want to go to the trap. Well, it's, it, it's, you're right. So. It, it's, it's, it's an acquired taste. Although it, I, I'll tell you from, from a baseball perspective, even from baseball peers perspective, you got to experience it. It's like, I wish that I could have gone to the old Astrodome when they were still playing baseball. Mm-hmm. There. That would have been fun. Now, I know several people that have gone that have said it's not really a baseball stadium, you know, eighth one of the world type thing, but man, that'd mm-hmm. be fun to still go. Oh, 100%. Same with, same with the, uh, the old Metrodome. The old Metrodome would have been awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. Kingdom. Yeah. Those places. Exactly. I still don't know why Safeco is outside. I, I mean, you and I were talking about this beforehand. I still don't know why Safeco is outside mm-hmm. and I don't know why Target Field is outside. Safeco, it rains all the time and Target Field, you know, nowadays with the expanded playoffs that they're having or the more teams, I mean, we're mm. going to be watching the seventh game of the World Series after we watch the Lions play on Thanksgiving, right? Exactly. And so and baseball, me, baseball is not built for that. No. I mean, if Minnesota makes it against Colorado, tell me how warm it's going to be in late October, early November for baseball. Mm-hmm. No, it's brutal. And that's a competitive – like, let's say the Rays make it versus Colorado. There is There is a – legitimate yeah. competitive advantage to that the Rays, oh my goodness i can't imagine i can't imagine having to go from playing in the trop and then travel for a day and then you're in oh my goodness you're, yeah, you're there for 27 degree late weather november oh my god ball yeah. would fly though yeah that's ball, true. oh my gosh 500 flares okay so we got baseball back on baseball's back on <laughs> and by the I'm time so this drops we'll already have the season that started so what are you looking forward to the most about the 2022 season, whether it's Rays or overall, what are you looking forward to most? As a whole with baseball, I'm, I'm very excited about the hands baseball is in the, the young, the young guys that are the high, that are the height of the sport right now are so excited. And, and it's a broken record to say that, but it, I want, I want health for those guys. I want, I want baseball to be in those hands. I want, 150 games of Otani this year. I want Tatis to get healthy fast. I want Acuna to get back on the field. I want Soto to play the whole season. I want Vlad to play the whole season. I want Mookie to be healthy and return to form. I want a healthy season from Mike Trout. And I, like it, it's those are tough asks. Obviously, it's a 162 game season. It's a grind. But baseball is in a better place. Obviously, and this is this is obvious. But baseball is in a better place when the stars are bringing eyes to it. And the stars that we have now. I think could stack against anyone and I'm biased. I'm 21. So I'm, I'm obviously pro the young guys and pro where we are right now, but I think Tatis, Acuna, Soto, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout are as exciting as anyone yeah. in baseball. No, I, I'm totally with you. I, all those names that you listed, plus there's a cream of the crop that's coming up. There's a lot of young guys like Bobby Wood oh, Jr. I'm so excited for these prospects. Julio. I love Jared Kelenic. Julio Rodriguez is going to be awesome, though. Mm-hmm. Julio Rodriguez is going to be so good. 
Wander, uh, 162 games of Wander Franco. I'm borderline salivating at. And then the pitchers that are coming up too. You got Hunter Green breaking camp with the Reds. That's awesome. That's awesome for baseball because Hunter Green is going to go out there. He's going to pump 103 in his first start at least once. It's going to be all over ESPN. People are going to watch and people are going to be excited. It's going to be good for baseball. It's good for baseball to not manipulate service time because people see it now through the, through the CBA and these negotiations. People see through it. People know what's going on. People know why Wander Franco wasn't up sooner. People are going to be mad if Bobby Witt doesn't break camp. People are going to be mad if Adley Rushman doesn't break camp. I don't know why Adley Rushman wouldn't. But people are going to be more keen on that. And I think baseball would be in a better place with those guys breaking camp. Uh, Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson will be up by midseason. Like baseball is in a good place with the young guys. I'm very excited. And that, that's not even saying anything about pitching besides Hunter Green. Right. And you guys picked up a good prospect in Tampa from us um, in Luke Rayley. That yeah, that oh, guy. very excited. And the Rays yeah. are going to do Rays things with the bullpen. Yeah, yeah. But you watch Luke Rayley. If you give him, if you give him a shot, he'll hit 20, 25 home runs for you. He's got, he's built like a machine, and he's got the ability to hit both sides, both pitchers, right hand, left handed, and he can hit. Mm-hmm. So. Enjoy it. That one was tough when we got rid of him. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. are you kidding? Come on. I'm but. I'm jazzed for the lineup, and I'm jazzed for the young guys. I think last year, the 2021 MILB starting pitcher and reliever of the year were both raised prospects. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that, – it doesn't get better than that, you know? You, how many teams can say that? How many teams can say – I think Wander Franco was the – is like the fifth guy ever to be the number one prospect two years in a row. That's awesome. I'm, I'm so excited. And yeah, no, it's, I don't know. I don't know what meeting expectations would be for him, but I'm praying he does. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's very, um, yeah. I hadn't thought about that until I was interviewing the Red Sox fan. I'll I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I asked him, you know, what are you excited about? And, and he's a huge card collector too. And he says, I'm excited for this new rookie class. And I thought, Hmm. And then we started talking about names, like you had just mentioned some of these names. I thought, oh, yeah, because what what that does for the game of baseball is that rookie class that comes up, that pushes what you were talking about, the Otanis to be better, the mm. Trouts to be better, the Tatis. Well, I talk about Tatis because he's in the National League West. But, um, you know, some of these other guys to be better. And Tatis too, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, if you've got course. guys behind them that can play – you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like Cody Bellinger right now. Cody Bellinger's having a, a, a tough spring. Well, we've got four or five guys that are behind him. We just dealt A.J. Pollock. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's good. It's good for the game. I love it. Yeah, of course. I'm I'm a card guy, too. I was actually just looking uh, at the uh, Orioles guy that you talked about. He posts – he does card stuff and stuff like that. I'm a big card guy. So, I'm yeah. very excited to see what what – like where baseball goes. I think baseball is on, is on the right track and baseball needs to do once again, broken record, obvious things. Baseball needs to do a better job of promoting their stars. Every, everyone should know Shohei Otani's name, everyone in the country, everyone should know who Fernando Tatis is. Everyone should know who Walker Bueller is, Corbin Burns. Everyone should know these names and they don't, they don't have the name recognition that LeBron and Tom Brady do. And obviously it's comparing goats to guys that are good now, but why doesn't, why is Mike Trout not householding? You know. Why is it, exactly why? Why aren't we talking about Randy Rosarino? 
Why aren't we talking about Clayton Kershaw? Why aren't we talking? I mean, you know, I was I was telling the Red Sox guy, and I wasn't I wasn't playing to the crowd. If you mm-hmm. built and tell me that I'm wrong, if you built a raised team, assuming this person's healthy, if you built a raised team around the athletic ability and the just sheer grit of Dustin Pedroia, nine mm-hmm. guys like that, tell me you're not making the playoffs. And that's a, like like I was saying with uh, with Evan Longoria, I feel like the city rallied around him and that team. That's it's the same sort of thing. Like Dustin right. Pedroia was that guy. Dustin Pedroia made people made the people around him better, you know. And yep. those are the things that don't show up in the stats, and those are the things that like hurt your Hall of Fame debate and stuff like that. But you're 100 percent right that like there's there's a way to build a team. Yeah, if, if you put Evan Long Evan Longoria or a guy like Dustin Pedroia, and you had nine of those instead of guys that want to hit for the fence or you know are going to take every other third day off or whatever. You got something special. You got something special. One hundred percent. And there's, there's, I think we're in a good spot with. There's guys that love baseball, and that you can, you, you can sort of poke holes in that and say that like they didn't want to play the lockout, yada yada. I think it's just guys sticking up for the next generation. But that's just my personal belief. I think, I think the guys that play baseball right now are, are going to be stars for a while. I think we're in a good place, and I think these guys are going to push baseball to the forefront. But that's that's a that's the two side of the effort. You need baseball pushing those guys to the forefront too. Vlad Vlad Jr. almost had the triple crown last year. Like that's nuts. And he didn't even win MVP. There was a better season than that in the American League. Why well, we had, why is that guy not front page news? Why are neither of them front page news? You know? So so we had this debate. Um so we just uh, we have a <clears throat> a podcast that's gonna drop next week. That's mm-hmm. called 1941. It's decades. We do a decades. Jackson and I do a decades. It's called 1941. Why, why Joe DiMaggio won over Ed Williams. Ed Williams hit 406, but Joe DiMaggio had that 56-game main streak, hit 357. So I took Joey D, and he took Ted Williams, and we kind of debated it out. And during that time, we were talking about that very same thing, is very few times do you have a season where there's one guy that is challenged by another guy for – MVP status Mm -hmm. and Shohei Otani, what he did was incredible. But I'll tell you out here in Anaheim, out here in SoCal, there was some debate because people were worried that Vlad uh, Jr. was going to get it. And either guy was the event. Either guy. Exactly. Exactly. Can't go wrong. So. I think because of how long the season is, a lot of it is storyline driven. So you see, you see, Oh, like Otani is doing it from two sides of the plate. No matter how good Vlad is with the bat. And he was fantastic. He was easy, easily the best hitter in the American League last year. I'll, I'll die on that hill. You can't argue with the, the production of Otani. And if you want to go look at stats, like the, the, the truth is he played two positions. He played two roles. His war is through the roof last year. I don't know if you're an, like a, an mm-hmm. analytics guy, but you can't. You just can't argue with the value he added to that team. And – the MVP in baseball is not nearly as success driven as in basketball and football. So you yeah. like Russell Westbrook won MVP a couple of years ago as an eight seed. And there was people that legitimately did not think he deserved it because his team was the eight seed. Yeah. Whereas the angels didn't make the playoffs last year and the Phillies, the Phillies didn't make the playoffs last year either. Right. There you go. That's, that's two MVPs that weren't even in the only time the general population watches baseball. Right. But that's just how the baseball 
that's just how baseball's MVP is. It's, it's weird. It's, it, it is weird, but it's awesome. It, I mean, again, it's nice uh, to reward the most valuable player. Yeah, exactly. It's not, you know, rings and October come into play when you're talking about Hall of Fame. But when you're mm-hmm. not talking Hall of Fame, you're just talking about the most valuable player of that season. I agree. Again, Otani, here's what's interesting about Otani. Otani could not take one more at bat in Major League Baseball, throw one more pitch in Major League Baseball, and he still will retire as the guy that made a mark on Major League Baseball because he now has his own rule. Right. Right. And there's, you see it now that there's guys that come up and they like the 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 organization picks their position. Jacob Degrom was a shortstop when he got drafted. The 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 Rays' first round pick this year was named Carson Williams. He's got such an arm from the shortstop position that they talked about making him a pitcher. And I, I don't know if they've decided yet. Hunter Green was a two-way guy before he was a pitcher. Like, he, he – I think Otani has opened the door to guys playing both sides. Like, Brendan McKay played both sides. He's a terrible hitter. Brendan McKay was a below-league average hitter, and that's why he only pitches now. But he opened the door for these guys to play both both positions. Michael Lorenzen is an angel now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. There you go. That's just more versatility in the Angels lineup because they, they will play him. They will let him hit and they will let him pitch. The um, uh, And, you know, to, for your girlfriend on this one, Rick Ankiel, right? Came up as a pitcher. Yeah. Couldn't cut it as a pitcher. Goes away. The yips. Back a couple of seasons later as a great center fielder. There you so, go. Yeah. Well, John, this has been fun. I, we have to have you back in the clubhouse, right? We've got a ton oh, of sure. interviews that we're going to set up. So will you please come back in at some point with us? As long as you'll have me. You bet. So top fans, this is John. He's a Rays fan. He's awesome. We had a great talk beforehand. Um, look forward to seeing him more and more um, in the clubhouse, especially when we're talking about rule changes and the American League East and things like that. But John, I'm so grateful that you took some time out with us today and enjoyed us. Thanks for having me. And look forward to having you again. Sir. All right. Have a good one, top fans. Enjoy this interview. Make comments. Go to the site. Do everything that you need to do. We're big boys. We can handle the comments. If you have some thoughts that you have for us, it's okay, right? Um, Make sure that you go in. And if you go in and you get your locker room, make sure you use the uh, uh, passcode locker room. It'll get you a discount in there. And so you'll be able to see everything that we're doing every day. The locker room access is going to go with Top Fan Ramblin, by the way. But anyways, Top Fans, we enjoy it. John, again, thanks for having uh, Thanks for being on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Bye.